You are listening to a sermon by Pastor Christopher Sally of New Life Christian Fellowship Church. This is us. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. This is us. Amen. We are the sheep of his pasture. We've been spending these last several weeks, and we're going to spend the next coming weeks talking about uh, the Lord is my shepherd. We're going to look at Psalms 23 and and take a, a really close view at, at, at the entirety of that psalm. And it's really talking about the shepherd we need, amen, but also the shepherd we already have, amen. But before we start talking again about the shepherd, I figured it might be time just for one week to talk about the sheep. Because this, this is us. Amen. And, and so there is a understanding and obviously we previewed it. We understand uh, about uh, the sheep and we understand that sheep require great care and supervision. We've talked about that. We do know that sheep are in desperate need of a shepherd because without a shepherd, the sheep may stray, they may starve and they may what? Suffer. Amen. Because they uh, need desperately need a shepherd. That's why the enemy is so keen on trying to strike the shepherd, because if you strike the shepherd, then you can scatter the sheep. But I wanted to give you a few more details about uh, about sheep. And it's it's not it's not going to be pretty. We've talked about some of these things, and obviously, you know yourselves, amen? And so when I say this is us, this description of the sheep in, in, in Scripture is a description of us. It is we are his people, amen, and the sheep of his pasture. And I wanted to share with you some details, additional details about about the sheep. And there was a, a book uh, by... Uh, a uh, brother in Christ named Gary Richmond. It's called All God's Creatures. And in this book, uh, Gary Richmond, uh, he is a former zookeeper out at one of the zoos in California. And he wrote a book talking about all of the descriptions of all of the animals in, in scripture. And I believe the longest chapter, again, about lions and eagles, snakes, ravens, all of that. But his he reserved his largest chapter, I believe, to talk about the sheep. Amen. Because this is us. Amen. This is us. And so, we, again, we understand sheep require great care and supervision. But let me give you a few more things about the sheep that uh, you uh, may need to understand so that you can understand better how the shepherd needs to care for us. The first thing I want to tell you is sheep are compelled by a mob instinct. Amen. Sheep are compelled by a mob instinct. They, they take their cues, come on somebody, from one another. They go with the flow even if the flow is going the wrong way. 
Amen. Again, the sheep, they, they, they kind of huddle together. And if one starts to do something, they, they all start to do it. That's just like us. We would rather take our cues from each other. Why? Because when we look at each other, we look and judge on a relative standard. Amen. Instead of taking our cue from the shepherd and, and the chief shepherd and understanding that God has an absolute uh, a absolute standard. And so, again, that mob instinct helps us to be able to say, I just need to compare myself to the next sheep over. And as long as I'm doing better than that sheep, as long as I'm a little cleaner than that sheep, as long as I'm a little bit more responsive to God than that sheep, that's that kind of that relative kind of standard that we have. And we'd like to take our cues from one another. That mob instinct was perfectly described by Cedric the Entertainer. When one black person starts to run, we all start to run. We don't need any run coordinators. We don't need to have the running organized. We will stop running, and at the time that we stop running, then we can find out what we were running about. Amen? I saw a video on TikTok recently. It was this, they perfectly described. It was some black person in a building that just started running down the hall and another black person saw it. So then now there's two black people running down the hall. And then, then he, they started going down the fire escape the stairs. There was a couple of brothers coming up the stairs. They saw black folks running down the stairs. And so now you got four people running down the stairs. Then they ran outside the building. There were a couple of people in the building that were coming in and that were black. And as they saw these five black people, they, they all started running. Then they ran past a park where there was a lot of black people and black people just dropped everything they had and just started running. We can, we can relate to that. Amen. But part of the reason we can relate to that is because we are sheep and we're compelled by a mob instinct. All we like sheep have gone astray and we have uh, given everyone to their own way and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray. If everybody's doing it, we say, how bad could it be? But you're asking yourself the wrong question. If you're God's child and you're a kingdom person, if everybody's doing it, how good could it be? Amen. Take no comfort from the crowd, beloved, because the crowd is always or the majority, the crowd is wrong. Amen. You've got to be in that small, small, special spiritual camp. Come on, somebody. Not that common, carnal, crowded camp. That's where everybody else is. If you're in in cahoots with everybody else. If you're comfortable where everybody else is, you're probably running with the wrong crowd. You need to be in that small, special, spiritual crowd. You need to be among the two uh, spies that went into the land, not the 10 that bought back the bad report. But that's a whole nother message. The second thing about sheep or sheep are very susceptible to fear. Amen. And we shouldn't be susceptible to fear, but very naturally, 
sheep have a, a very susceptible to fear. And we know from Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 that fear ultimately leads to, to bondage. For as much then as the children are forsakers of flesh and blood, partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Amen. And so because we fear death, ultimately we make bad decisions. Fear is a very poor motivator. Amen. Fear will make you do the wrong thing in the situation you find yourself in. If you're supposed to run, you'll freeze. If you're supposed to freeze, you'll flee. And the worst thing that can happen, and you see it several times in the Bible that God put the fear in different camps around the Israelites, where then because of fear, you begin to fight. And who do you fight? You fight one another. Amen. So that's a, those are the natural reactions to fear, either to freeze and not move, to, to, to run when you're supposed to stay so you flee or you end up fighting one another. Satan is, is excited about using fear because fear leads to bondage. Fear leads to destruction. But if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. All things are what? Become new. For the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. So we have to remind ourselves that we're new creatures and we can't take that, that natural tendency of sheep to be susceptible to fear. The third thing, sheep are very timid. They're very timid. That's what it means when somebody says if you're acting sheepishly. That, that's exactly where you get it from. It, there, it, there is a timidity that is in sheep. And it's important for you to understand what the application is for you and for me in the body of Christ. Timidity means that you risk nothing. Therefore, you gain nothing. Timidity says, I don't want to put, come on now, I won't sign up and do any ministry in church. I don't want to put myself out there. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you said that to yourself? I'm not going to put myself out there because I don't know if I will be accepted. I don't know how I will be received. I, I know God has put something in my heart to do, but because of that timidity, I just won't, I won't risk it. I won't, I won't do what God says. And so I will be satisfied in church to be a pew sitter. Amen. So I can be among the other pew sitters and do nothing. I don't want to risk anything for the kingdom. And you know if you don't risk anything for the kingdom, you'll never gain anything for the kingdom. You knew, you know Luke chapter 19 when, when the master said, occupy to I, until I come. And he gave them all a talent and they were supposed to multiply those talents. And the one that had one talent said, I knew that you were a harsh man and you plant where you don't you harvest and you reap where you don't sow. So all I did was take my talent and bury it in a napkin. And here it, here it is. I'm giving it back to you. And what did he call him? A wicked servant. Because you risk nothing, therefore you gain nothing. That is the natural tendency of sheep. It's an impractical problem for ministry. He, he, here's something that you may not appreciate, but I think you might. The fourth thing about sheep. Sheep are not bright. Amen? I, 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 know, I, I know you think 
that you're smart. Amen. But, you know, a lot of times we say this all the time it is it's just sometimes people are too smart by half. You know, you think you've got it all figured out. There's so many people in the world that have a great intelligence, but but they're not as bright as they think they are. Sheep don't have that reputation. There are a couple of animals that have that reputation for being bright. Chimpanzees have that reputation. Dolphins have that reputation. You think about a sheep's mating ritual and you realize that these folks are not, they're just not bright. So a female is ready to mate. And so I will charge as a male with my horns and I will find another male and we will continue to crash into each other until one of us is dizzy and passes out. They gotta, they gotta figure that out a little bit better. If they were bright, they would, they would draw straws, or they, they would, they would have a, a app that had a, you know, like a lottery or something like that. But no, that's not what they do. They continue, to, and you see this, you see this ritual. Then that's when you realize that the sheep are not too bright, amen. And that's how human beings are. That's how we as a people are. We really believe we've got it figured out. But, but how could you have an advanced degree in geology? but you don't know who the rock of ages is. You don't know who the stone cut without hands is. How can you have an advanced degree, for instance, in botany, but you don't know who the rose of Sharon is and you don't know who the lily of the valley is? How can you have an advanced degree maybe in zoology, but you can't tell me who the lion of Judah is and you can't tell me who the lamb of God is? Sometimes people are so smart that they miss the very obvious thing that God is trying to show them, that if you don't figure out this thing called eternity, if you don't know who the Lamb of God is, if you don't know that this is life eternal, that you may, that they may know you, the one true God and your son, Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. You figure that out, then that makes more sense. But there's so many people that are walking around that have it all figured out, that we, that we worship at their, at their, at their wisdom, if you will. But Jeremiah 9 says, let not the wise man boasting his wisdom or the strong man boasting his strength or the wise man, I mean, or the rich man both in his riches, but let him that boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me, that I am the Lord who doeth righteousness and justice on the earth. In these things do I delight, saith the Lord. But we're not bright enough to get to the light and figure that out because we're sheep. Sheep are also very destructive. Sheep are very destructive. I'm speaking specifically about their eating habits. Unlike goats or cattle who will just eat the top of the grass or eat most of the grass and leave the root, the sheep eat all the way down to the root and pull it up so that there is nothing that is left. And what happens is if they stay in one place too long, they will literally destroy the soil because they don't allow for any regeneration. They, they literally will eat themselves to a place where they destroy everything that they're, that's around it. That's why the shepherd has to keep them on the move. You, you all are, okay, you all are looking blank. You're looking blank. You're looking blank. 
the application here is this. If we stay in one place spiritually, we can get comfortable. Amen. And once you get comfortable, you get complacent. And once you get complacent, you stop working. When you stop working, you also stop striving. It is a natural tendency of ours to get to a place where we just want to keep it the way it is. And God says, no, I need you to. He didn't say I need you to 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 stay where you are of the vocation of which you called. He says, I need you to walk worthy of the vocation to which you are called. Again, he needs, he says what? Follow me. You don't need to follow him if he's not moving, but he says, I'm on the move. And I need you like John chapter 5 and 19 when Jesus says, whatever I see my father doing, that's what I do. For whatever the father does, that's what I do. It requires you, come on somebody, to think differently than you naturally want to think. We cannot be complacent. We cannot get comfortable because the shepherd is on the move. And the shepherd knows if we stay in one place, even if it's the same place spiritually, we will get comfortable. We will get complacent. I'm talking about your individual life. I'm talking about our church life. And unfortunately, I see it now. We have not been on the move for a minute. Not like we need to be. And if you've been at this church for a while, you know what I'm talking about. This is this is this is a self-indictment. Amen. This is a group indictment. We we're feeding where we are, but we're not moving. And we will just continue to eat here till there's nothing left. And then you, we won't have anything, but we need to be on the move because the shepherd is saying, I know how you are. I know what your natural tendency is as a sheep. You will just eat in one place and you won't move. And if you do that, you will destroy the soil where you are. So we can't get too comfortable. We can't get too complacent. Otherwise, we'll do what? Stop working and stop striving. Here's something you might appreciate. Sheep are very selfish. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Guess who else is really selfish? You. Me. This is us. This is us. We're destructive. We're not too bright. We're timid. We're susceptible to fear. We, we were compelled by a mob instinct, but we're also very, very selfish. And again, sheep consume, come on somebody, beyond their ability to contain. What I'm saying is that if you allow a sheep to eat, he'll just keep eating even if he's already full. He'll eat until his stomach bursts if you don't cut him off and that's exactly how you and that's exactly how I act if we get someplace and we're selfish we will consume it so that somebody else won't get to it amen even if God has given us what we need we always want to go beyond it's always a little bit more that's what they asked uh, um, John Rockefeller once he said they asked him you know one of the richest men ever in the early 20th century said how much is enough and his answer was just a little bit more. And that's how you and I act so much as we talk about everything around us. And again, it's, it's, it's hilarious because uh, sheep can be timid. And if there's danger around, if the predator is around, then the, the, the sheep punks out. But between the sheep, not only is sheep very um, 
selfish, I take these three together, they're also very stubborn and they don't treat each other very well. That's number six, number seven, and number eight. They're selfish, they're stubborn, and they don't treat one another well. So when you think about what a sheep is doing, it's like if there's some real danger someplace else, when the, re when the, when the, when the real predators show up, then the sheep don't know what to do. But amongst each other, they will they will push and they will shove with shoulder and flank and they'll do all of that and they'll be big and bad with one another because that's just how we like to get down. down. It's based upon our selfish appetite and we're very stubborn and don't like to move off of our spots. Amen? Think about ministry. Think about, think about church and think about the times in your, in your life experience where there's been somebody that you, you, you wanted to contribute to something, but you thought to yourself, no, I know I can't do that because that's so-and-so's area. And if you get anywhere near their area, they'll take you out. I don't care how much you sing. I don't care how, how well you cook. I don't care how you, this is, this is my kitchen. This is my, this is my praise team. I'm the, I'm the lead. It could be anything. It could be anything that you're doing in church. And somebody comes and says, I want to be a part. I want to help out. And it's like, yeah, but I got to watch you because this is my stuff. And then you'll push and, and bite one another and devour one another. That's what we do because we're territorial, because we're stubborn, because we are selfish and naturally don't treat each other well may, 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 maybe your experience has been different I guess you, you might be a special person and in a special place and don't know what I'm talking about but Ezekiel 34 knows what I'm talking about he says as for you my flock this is what the sovereign Lord says I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats, is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? It's like I'm eating here and I'm a trample over here so you can't eat. Is it not enough for you to find to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest of the water with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink on what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. He says, I will judge between sheep and sheep. Now, understand that judgment between sheep and sheep is in the body of Christ because in Matthew 25, he judges between the sheep and the goats. You don't want to be a goat in that context. Amen. You want to be a sheep. Amen. And you want the shepherd to judge between sheep and sheep and say, listen, I see that you've got some issues. It's some things that you do naturally. You've got to be considerate of one another. You got to, you have to prefer one another. And he says, in meekness, esteeming others better than yourselves. That's just not what we naturally do. I can't imagine you saying, I need to get a drink, but I'm going to mess it up so that when, when it's time for you to drink, I've muddied up the, the water with my feet. And I can't think of anything worse to drink than toe jam water. Amen. I'm just thinking about my own feet, dear God. But sheep are selfish. Sheep are stubborn and they don't treat each other well. <laughs> I just got off a plane this, this morning and it just reminded me 
of something I think we can probably all relate to. They tell us that we can only have two carry-ons. One is to go where? In the overhead compartment. And the other is to go, how many times have you seen somebody stuff a two fat bag in the overhead compartment? And they did, you knew they knew that they, they knew that bag was too big when, when, when they bought it on. They, they purposely didn't put it, but their thing is, I'm selfish. I want my bag with me. And then how many times have you seen somebody take the second bag that they have and put it in the overhead bin when it's supposed to be under their seat? And what does the flight attendant say? The overhead compartments are shared space. But there's always people that say, I don't care nothing about that shared space. I'm going to put both of my bags, and then they'll say this, particularly in the wintertime, and wait until it's full, until you put your coat up. But somebody will put two bags plus a coat, take up all the space, and you, all you can do is just kind of sigh. But that's how we do, because we've got folks that always have bags that are too big that they're trying to bring on our church plane that they should have checked at the door. Bag lady, you got too much stuff. Pack light. But so many times, because we're so selfish, we want to bring all of, our, all of our challenges and all of our problems and not bring them to church where you're supposed to bring them. But when you're supposed to bring them in, you're not supposed to put them in the overhead compartment for us to deal with it later. You're supposed to lay them at the altar so that God can pick it up. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But we don't want to lay the burden down. We just want to keep carrying around on every trip that we go on, and we just dominate the shared space with too many bags, because that's just how we get down. The, the, the last two things are related. Sheep get really dirty. Naturally, they get really dirty. There's something in there uh, that they produce called lanolin, and it's, it, it makes their coats like dirt magnets or Velcro. So really, without a whole lot of effort, as they move about, Grass, dirt, birds, dust, etc. It, 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 you know, it just clings to them. That's what we're like too. As we move about the world and all the places that we go, we naturally pick up uh, things from the world that we have no business, and we don't even sometimes realize how dirty we are. Amen. It takes the intervention of the shepherd, though, to clean us up, to clean us and to reclean us. That's what the forgiveness is about. As you naturally move about, that's what Jesus was saying in John chapter 13. He says, you don't need to have a bath, but I do need to wash your feet again, because as you move about, even if you come from the public bath, that's what I'm saying. You've had the public bath as you move to your home. There's still dust in the streets. You're going to get some some dirt. He said, that's what we just need to wash your feet. Again, that's the process of forgiveness, but we have to know that as we move about the world, we are picking up stuff naturally. The birds, the dirt, the grass, all of that comes because that's, it's, it's, it's how we get down, and we have to understand that we, by nature, are dirty. We, we pick up dirt, and we have to be cleaned. It's nothing worse than somebody who is not self-aware. 
Amen. This leads to the last thing that I'll talk about on the bad side for sheep, which is this. Sheep stink. Sheep stink. And the best example I can give you of, of stinking is, is, God bless her little heart, when Courtney was about, call it six or seven, I had been outside, and of course that meant I had what? Outside smell, outside smell. I came in to say goodnight to her, say something to her. She was getting ready for bed. And I made the mistake of sitting on her bed. I didn't know it was a mistake because I didn't know I smelled like outside. Even though I had been outside, I should have known, come on somebody, that I stunk. But here's how I found out I stunk. I sat on her bed and she burst into tears. And she began to pull everything off her bed that was on her bed. And I was like, what are you, what, what are you getting ready to go? She said, Daddy, you stinking. You were outside and now I got to change everything. It's like, wow, I, I just didn't know it was that serious. She's like, but you don't know what you smell like. She's like, I can't go to bed like this. You stink. And if you're not aware of how dirty you can get and that you need to be clean and how dirty I can get, as we traffic and we move around in the world, we have to understand that we sink. And you know how it is with outside smell. It gets on you quickly. You don't have to be outside for very long to know. The people that are inside are inside. And if you've been outside for more than 10 minutes, and when you come back around inside people, they literally will tell you, you've been outside, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, it's just that's, that's what outside is, and we need intervention in order to change that situation. So, again, these are all of the things about sheep that we, that we kind of know, that we kind of need to appreciate because this is us. This is us, that sheep have a, a mob in, instinct, and they're susceptible to fear, and they're timid, and they're not too bright, and they're destructive, and they're selfish, and they're stubborn, and they don't treat each other well, and they get really dirty, and they stink. Why, then, does God call us? We are the, his people and the sheep of his pasture. Because, beloved, there are still a few good things about sheep. And it is God's favorite animal. Amen? And I'm only making that assessment by the number of times in Scripture that sheep are mentioned. They're mentioned over 500 times in the Bible and way more than any other animal in the Bible. We, we uh, God uh, clearly loves the sheep. And we still need a shepherd to bring out all of these good characteristics that are available and a, a heavenly shepherd as well as an under shepherd. But again, we are sheep are clearly God's favorite animal and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You look in Revelations chapter five, verse uh, 12 and, 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 uh, and everyone's saying worthy is the lamb. And then John the Baptist sees Jesus coming. And what does he say? Behold, the. Uh, Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You see in John chapter 10 when Jesus says, the thief cometh but to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I am the what? Good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. 
the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the, the flock and what? Scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and doesn't care for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He says, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So again, Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd and the sheep must be worth something if you're going to lay down your life for them. And Jesus Christ laid down his life for everyone. He was the propitiation of the whole world and especially of those that believe his sacrifice was sufficient for all, but it's only efficient for those that believe. But he laid down his life that we might have eternal life and be in relationship with him. So sheep have some value that God sees in us. God sees us and says, I, I want to lay down my life for the sheep. I want to care for the sheep. And he took Israel to task for having bad shepherds and how they brutalized the sheep and vandalized the sheep. He says, no, I want you to utilize the sheep and I want you to prioritize the sheep. We talked about good shepherds and bad shepherds. And so God says, listen, they're sheep and I see something in them. I can make them over. All they need is a good shepherd that will hang with them and, and bring out the good things in them. And so again, clearly God's favorite animal. But let me tell you a couple of more things. And I tell you this next thing. I'm a, if, if you can't get excited about this, then I just don't. I, I'm not sure. Who, I don't know what God is doing in your life. I suspect he's not doing anything. That, that's my suspicion. If I tell you this next thing and you don't at least Get a goose bump. I don't know. Sheep have horns. You say, okay, that's, so they got horns. Let, let me explain what I mean. Sheep have horns, and a ram's horn is used as an instrument. In Joshua 6, 4 and 5, that's what they did when they were walking around Jericho. They were blowing a ram's horn. See, that ram's horn announces the presence of the Lord. That ram's horn, beloved, is an instrument of praise. The ram's horn announces the presence. The ram's horn gives praise. And, and here's the exciting thing. You have to detach that ram's horn from the ram in order for it to be used. But not our ram horn. Ours is with us. And he says, I need you to take the horn that I've given you, the horn that you have as a sheep, and I need you to announce my presence wherever you go. I need you to use that ram's horn as an instrument of praise. That's what we have the capability of doing. We have the capability of praise. We have the capability of ushering in the presence of the Lord when we get together and we begin to worship and we get, begin to fellowship. Everywhere we go, we can spread the good news of the gospel and we can announce that the kingdom is coming. Get ready. We can praise him when we get together. We can praise him when we're out in the streets. We can praise him in the sanctuary as well. We have a ram's horn. A horn is not detached, and it must be used to announce the presence of the Lord. And sheep have good things to give. 
as we close. Sheep have wool. Amen. Sheep have meat. And sheep have milk. Sheep bones can be used as tools. And sheep skin can be used as shelter. There are good things that that can be used and the shepherd is the one that helps to bring all of those things out in the sheep and as we talked about in ezekiel you don't just traumatize and brutalize and vandalize the sheep but you do utilize the sheep you use the wool you use their gifts you use the they use the talents you understand that there's so many parts of you that that are intrinsically uh uh, uh that can be edifying to the greater body of christ amen and that's why the holy spirit has given everybody in the body of christ a gift amen he says for the edification of the of the church for the building up of the people of God. Amen. And so again, you think about what God has given you. That's like the wool. That's like the meat. That's like the milk. That's like the tools. That's like the shelter that can be provided. All of that is a part of the sheep experience. And last but not least, sheep help plant and fertilize. They help plant and fertilize at the direction of the shepherd. When it's time for harvest and they are gathering the wheat, a lot of the kernels fall to the, fall to the ground. Most of them they get, but there's always some, some, some seeds and some kernels that fall to the ground. A good shepherd will then take his, will take his sheep into the fields and allow them to just, come on somebody, walk around. Because when they walk around just naturally with their hooves, they begin to dig indentations into the soil. And then they begin to push those seeds down in the soil. Because if left to their own devices, the birds will come. And they'll just take that away. They'll take those seeds away. But a good shepherd would take those, those sheep out into the field and he'll let the sheep just do what they naturally do in a good way. They'll walk around. They'll walk worthy. Amen. And so being out in the, come on, being out in the world, being able to walk around, we can plant and fertilize. Plant and fertilize. So wherever we go, we should Look and prepare the ground for future harvest. It's got to be purposeful, though. And here's the thing. A good shepherd, the sheep, don't have, they don't even know they're doing it. They're just at the direction of the shepherd. He says, well, why do we have to go over to this field right now and do this? Don't worry about why. You just do what I tell you to do. And if we can just follow the directions of the shepherd, we can plant and fertilize the world around us. He knows what he's doing. Again, you're too smart by half anyway. You don't need to figure out everything that God is doing. What we need to do is trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Why, why, does, why does God care about us? Why does God see value in us? Andre Krause said, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, but I'm glad. So glad he did. 
for all of the things that are negative about sheep, these things that I've told you that are positive, that's what we want to cling to. Before we even look at the shepherd that we have, the shepherd that we need, look at the, the sheep. This is us. All of it. We're able to praise. We're able to worship. We're able to announce the presence of God where we, wherever we go. We're able to plant. We're able to fertilize. We're able to give wool and meat and milk and tools and shelter. That's, that's part of who God has created us to be. That's why he will lay down his life for the sheep. Because there is value there that can be utilized for the kingdom of God. Let us look at us and be excited about us, but more excited about the us we can be as we yield ourselves to the shepherd. Amen.